welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us as we uh, continue to talk about a whole bunch of things in our Catholic world. My name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hey, hello. Welcome to you, Josh. Thank you. And Matt Van Milligan. Hi. Welcome to you. Uh, so we're continuing on in this uh, brand new year that we've started. Uh, we're back into ordinary time of uh, the liturgical year, anyways, after uh, some Christmas season and all those celebrations. And uh, we're going to start off the new year by uh, addressing something that I think a lot of people uh, have been talking about lately. And uh, something that's sort of been festering in the Catholic world for a while, and it has to do with our Holy Father, Pope Francis. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's sort of this growing, increasing mistrust yes. of Pope Francis, a lot of criticism on Pope Francis. Uh, so let's just tackle that today. Why are people... Uh, displeased, uh, some people, I should say, some people displeased with Pope Francis. Uh, what's Pope Francis been up to that's causing sort of controversy? And, um, I mean, he's our Holy Father, and so uh, we're, we, there's lots of great things to say about our Holy Father as well. So today we're going to talk about Pope Francis and see maybe uh, <laughs> what's, what's led to all this yeah. situation. Yeah. What, what are some of the factors that are kind of leading to this growing, you know, sentiment of mistrust or kind of suspicion of, you know, what he says or what, what he does? Um, and uh, uh, just and, and you, you can come at it from a number of angles. You know, he's the the first pope that's really had to deal with social media, has that's had to deal one. with, yeah. you know, um, the the kind of um, uh, uh, the popularity of content creation and commentary and, you know, um, uh, one, one of the things that, that we've talked about before is that, um, you know, never have we been kind of saturated with so much kind of commentary that, you know, mm -hmm. you can get True. instant news like before, you know, people have a chance to digest anything. You know, there's a YouTube video posted. You there's, know, there's, there's, there's value yeah. in being kind of yeah, yeah. first. Um, but also the fact that, um, you know, even in the early days of kind of YouTube and whatever, else, like there wasn't the same level of monetization. You have professional content creators. You have people whose livelihood is to either kind of uh, um, engage in this sentiment or kind of promote it because, you know, there's 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 a market for it. Uh, people there, are going to And if you have, uh, again, if you have a growing number of kind of Catholics who are maybe a bit disenfranchised with Pope Francis, you know, there's there's an angle there. There's, there's you know, there, there's... Um, you can play to that crowd, so to speak. Um, and, you know, um, yeah, there, there, there's a lot more to say. So mm -hmm. let's let's take it back right to 2013 when mm -hmm. uh, Pope Francis was elected. That was, uh, I believe it was March 13th. I don't have the date in front of me, but I, I think it was March 13th, 2013. Uh, and uh, Pope Francis, he's, he's announced, you know, Cardinal Bergoglio, habemus papam, we have a pope. And, and uh, Francis walks out onto this uh, balcony at the Vatican, lots of cheering going on. Yep. And, you know, I think the first words he said was, buonasera, like, good evening. Yep. <laughs> it was such like a, such like a charming yeah. hello from yeah. the pope. And, and it melted people's hearts and like, wow, you know, it was a great icebreaker. And, and so you had lots of people saying like, this is this Pope is like our grandfather, you know, mm. there's a charm there. There's like this lovable uh, character that, uh, that we can relate to. And even in the first years of his ministry, uh, right? Same thing. 
very sort of grandfatherly to people. Lots of people on the Pope Francis bandwagon, right? Uh, so fast forward now, almost 11 years of his pontificate, that sort of sentiment yeah. is not as resounding yeah, yeah. as it was back then. I, I think... I think there's a couple things, as we said, there's a couple different factors coming into play. But but one of the big things that we have to remember is what was the era of the church before that point? We just mm-hmm. came through two of the greatest popes, um, theological popes, I'm going to say, that that probably we've seen in a very long time, specifically JP II. I mean, uh, JP II the Great, if I can. Um, and, and the guy who wrote the catechism for us, um, Cardinal Ratzinger, who, yeah. who then became uh, Pope Benedict. And and this was these guys were... Like JP two is great all around. <laughs> I'm gonna just say, but but like he had a great way of debating and and making uh, arguments and the, the, uh, theological arguments that made sense but held the truth. And it, so we came from an area of of the church where truth was very specific, was very well. Um, established, um, where when things were said, they were well thought out, they were well written about, they were, you were, when you released a document, it had already been had 10 million eyes on it before it was released, that type of thing. And so now we're coming to an era where um, Donald Trump just tr- tweets whatever he wants, on, you know, you get direct, and you kind of have the similar aspect to the Pope, whereas the Pope can say something and just, and it just, and it's said. What you're getting though is Pope Francis was not the same uh, theolo- theological battle mm-hmm. ship that Pope Benedict was. He yeah, was and it's yeah. a it's a good thing to mention and let's look at the background too. Yeah. Like John Paul II came from uh, uh, Poland, you know, a very typical Catholic uh, country and for the 27 years of his pontificate, uh, John Paul II saw himself like as the leader of the Catholic Church yeah. and uh, what he was sort of the enforcer of the truth. And people were used to this clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, when when, mm-hmm. when people were asking questions or had dubias or doubts, you know, John Paul II was sort of the, the protector of the magisterium. Mm-hmm. And he would truth. say, you know, this yes, is how, yeah. no, and here's why. And then you move to Pope Benedict, the same thing. You know, Pope Benedict, who has written so many theological things about about the faith, same thing. It was it was clear and constructive, unpopular at times, mm-hmm. what he had to say. Uh, and, and, you know, we were starting to get into that. You mentioned social media. We were starting to get into that with Pope Benedict, where some of the things he was saying was starting to uh, cause controversy, and people were commenting on it, and there was commentaries yeah. about it. Then you move to Pope Francis. Now, let's remember, he's from South America. He's from Argentina. And he's a Jesuit. Mm-hmm. So this this um, the way sort of the modus operandi that he's working from is more of a collegial uh, uh, approach to the pontificate. Like you know, and that's yeah. why we're seeing stuff like the synod on synodality. Yeah. We're seeing uh, sort of him opening the doors uh, to let uh, people who aren't priests or aren't uh, bishops or cardinals uh, have roles into the Vatican. You, you know, there's there's more this like uh, approach from yeah. Pope Francis that that we we just weren't used to. Yeah, and and so that comes with its challenges. And then, like you said, you know, Pope Francis would get. He's on an airplane going somewhere, and you have media there with him, and he's just off the cuff saying things yeah. on an airplane that media is taking snippets of what he's saying and reporting what they want to, right? Something that I, I don't think John Paul II or Benedict faced 
as much uh, with with these little sound bites yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know uh, so th- th- just the approach of these th- yeah. of these three uh, holy fathers these three popes and back is to back, different. Yeah. And it's, back, it's, to back. It's, it's crucial and, and the other thing about Pope Francis is he also doesn't hit things from a, a I'm gonna say of theological truth setting that's not his style his style is love and so he comes yeah. forward with okay we need to love the like I'm gonna say Pope Benedict and even JP two spoke as Jesus would in front of the Pharisees. Does that make sense? Like he, uh, that Jesus would in front of the rabbis, in front of the temple. Like that's how yeah. those men held the faith. But Pope Francis speaks more from the side of <laughs> I'm going to say Jesus in front of the prostitutes and the tax collector. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's more his. So he's more about okay, God loves you. Like you need to understand God's love for you. He's not speaking necessarily to the to the faithful all the time when he's doing that, and then his his words are taken and twisted. I think if you see almost everything that Pope Francis says, uh, you know, I, I haven't looked at everything he's ever said, but for most of the stuff, if you take it with giving him the um, <laughs> the shadow of the doubt that he probably means this in the way that the church has yeah. taught it, I think everything. I don't think he said anything so heretical. That it can right. come back. I think. I think what happens is people take his words and say, "Oh, it could be this way. It could. He could mean it this way." Or if you yeah. take these very analytically, this is how he means it. I think. I think that's a really good way of, of setting it up. That you know, give, giving the benefit of the doubt, because especially like, and and I don't think it's necessarily um, a difference of capability. Although, no. like, yeah. it would be hard to match Pope Benedict intellectually, yeah. or you know, in that you know. Uh, but in terms of priority, yes. um, you know, Pope Benedict's uh, priority was theological precision. Um, and, you know, personally, I identified much with that. He was Pope when I when I came into the church, and, you know, um, that, that was a really big draw for me. Um, you know, you would say, e- even though, you know, Pope Francis is intellectually capable, his priority is pastoral. His priority is missional. Um, so, but one of, um, one of uh, Pope Benedict's uh, things or something that he he was kind of um, not, uh, famous for was when when addressing these debates you know when being <laughs> yeah. approached by um, the ther- uh, the Pharisees on you know this theological hair splitting you know precise interpretation of you know the deposit of faith um, his big thing was uh, the hermeneutic of continuity you know um, yeah. what like um, receive new teach uh, new teachings of the church but like new encyclicals in the spirit of the entire deposit of faith uh, if you yes. use that as your your um, your mode of interpretation your hermeneutic, um, you're much more likely to arrive at a charitable interpretation and an accurate interpretation of, of what's being said. Um, you know, the whole context of this this podcast or, you know, this this topic that we're discussing today is that, you know, we, we've maybe hit a tipping point where people are approaching Pope Francis with a hermeneutic of suspicion, um, yes. a hermeneutic of uncertainty that, um, you know, uh, that, you know, there's, there's a sense of mistrust. So there's a tendency to interpret Question. a lot of the things that he's saying, oh, he's being a bit. But I think I think what, what you're saying that like if we take you know Pope Benedict's advice, assume goodwill, um, you know, uh, apply that hermeneutic of of continuity to the things that Pope Francis is saying, because um, again, you you get the off the cuff remarks on an airplane or whatever yeah. that um, um, that it's it's exactly that you know you have Benedict was brilliant for um, you know um, uh, clarifying theological. Uh, they, but like when you have, um, you know, the the the, the Pharisees um, scandalized, you know, that Jesus is eating with, you know, prostitutes and tax collectors, um, you know, in terms of priority, 
Pope Francis isn't really concerned about that. Like it, it seems like you know you should you should kind of maintain the image of Pope and you know as a safe distance. He's like, no. If his priority is missional, if his priority is you know pastoral, um, yeah. what um, pastors having the smell of their sheep, like actually, and you know this the, the distinction you made that he's he's a Jesuit. So again, the 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 prior, priority and charism of that order is you know going going out into the far reaches, you know, encountering situations and, you know, people, um, you know, that, you know, the, the kind of safe <laughs> cloister of the church right. may not necessarily have have reached, you know, under yeah. Benedict or under, under JP2. You know, you, while you were talking, I was thinking because uh, there was a time in the pontificate of uh, Pope Francis when, you know, he would say things, and I remember always having to clarify for people hmm. what he said, you know, and it was almost like, it was almost like, we we were defending Pope yep. Fred, like okay, that's not what he said. Let's let's look over what he said, and, and and that's what the media reported, and all these different things. Now there's there's an element of truth to that, right? Uh, but I feel like for the first like <laughs> I don't I, I don't know I, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but it seemed like for the first half of his pontificate. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we were doing was defending mm-hmm. what he was saying and, and trying to protect, like, and trying to work around it. And and now, and, and not just me or, or you, yeah. but Catholics in general were like, yes, I know, the Pope made the news again, but yeah. here's what he said. Whereas now, it's like people are, are kind of tired of that. Yeah. Like, people are tired of defending, and they're just like, you know, As Catholics. The, the Pope has, yeah. has said something again. I think, I think, too, though, if you also look at it, I think the media... Took they hated Pope Benedict to a point because yeah. he came out so black and white. You yeah. couldn't twist his words because he was so great at his words, mm-hmm. um, and so they 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 took an approach. I think in the media, from my from my recollection and from my living through it, is that Pope Francis was the devil. I mean, like in in, in Pope sorry about Pope Benedict. Sorry, yeah. Pope Benedict was the devil. Um, they called him the the God's Rottweiler. Remember? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like even even like uh, memes and stuff came out about his sunken eye look and like yeah, all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And and then about his history with the Nazis and like yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Like that they, they kind of they tried to make this he was they evil. Tried to vilify him. Vilify yeah. him. Yeah. And then when so what the media did was took the complete opposite approach with approach, approach with Pope Francis, who did come off as a different kind of person right from the get-go. Yeah. And so they started to love Pope Francis. The media loved Pope Francis, but then that meant that they took whatever Pope Francis said and twisted it to what yeah. their narrative was. And we've seen that yeah. time and time again. Yeah, and uh, maybe just kind of to add to that, and like really specifically quote mining, or like, again, yes. we, we bring up the the airplane. The, yeah. the, like the, the, Air, those, all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, those, <laughs> those kinds of situations. But I, again, like... Um, in comparison to what you know, the Holy Father says on a daily basis. Yes. Those moments are actually very few and far between. And for yes. about two years, um, you know, it just worked with my job that I could read Pope Francis's homilies, you know, every day during my my lunch break, um, and you know, contrast those to kind of the 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 popular media's endorsement of you know they what they think that Pope Francis yeah. is going to be this um, you know progressive, progressive. Yeah, yeah kind of thing. It's like. He's actually really, really orthodox and is speaking all the time against, you know, things like gender ideology and like the things yeah. that the the agendas that people kind of want to kind of attach to him or like, yeah. again, the, the media presentation wants to. But no, if, if you if you measure this again, you, you employ that hermeneutic of continuity, yeah. even just not not continuity with the well, it should be in continuity with the, the tradition, but just in continuity with the other things that Pope Francis has said. Uh, again, you, you have a much more kind of charitable and generous interpretation of, of the things that... What he meant. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are many things that uh, Pope Francis does well. Preaching is one of them. Pre- uh, Pope mm. Francis preaches well. Uh, you know, his messages are, 
are are rooted in the scriptures. You know, he has a good message. We heard him uh, at World Youth Day. He kind of put his plan notes aside. Uh, didn't tear them up or anything, but he just put them aside, <laughs> and uh, he went off the cuff. And beautiful message for the young people gathered for together sure. that night at the uh, World Youth Day vigil. Those one is one of it, another one of his strengths is you know the places he's visiting are places you know uh, <laughs> unusual mm-hmm. for like a priority of a papal visit, yeah. right? Uh, so that's a beautiful thing that he's doing. His focus on reaching out to the peripheries mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. You know, like to go out and to introduce Jesus to people on the outside. Like these are all beautiful things that Pope, the Pope Francis does well. well yeah. And I, I think where people find the problem with Pope Francis is some of the things that, <laughs> that he has, has done to sort of upset the apple cart. In, in, in ways that some people might say, that's great that he's a breath of fresh air yeah, into yeah, the Vatican. Yeah, yeah. And in some ways, that's good. But, you know, people criticize Pope Francis for speaking so highly of Pope Benedict yeah. and then, like, under uh, undoing some of the so things, things that did. Pope Benedict had put into place. You know, you look at uh, what people are really upset about are the restrictions mm. on uh, the, the celebration of the Latin Mass with... Um, you know, tra- traditiones custodes, mm-hmm. you know, and people are really uh, upset about that. You know, again, speaking so highly of Pope Benedict, you know, undoing what Pope Benedict had set forth. Uh, you look at uh, what Pope Benedict is doing with, uh, you know, all these characters like Cardinal Burke. You know, right. it's in the news where Cardinal Burke has been sort of asked to exit the Vatican or Bishop Strickland removed yep. from his diocese. I don't. I, yeah. We seldom hear of a bishop being yeah, removed yeah. from from his uh, his post. Um, you know, so all these things that create controversy. Again, uh, you know, there's many sides t- to each story, but some of these things are really driving a rift in 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 people, and they think like, what is Pope Francis doing? It might be a legitimate question. Like, what is he doing? Then with this synod on synodality, mm-hmm. people were like, well, okay, now, now yeah, what? what's going on? But again, going back to sort of the collegial style mm-hmm. of Pope Francis, he wants to hear from people. Uh, on it, the outskirts. On the outskirts. Now, other pe- uh, people might be saying, this is just, this is just a, a way of changing church teaching. Uh, and it might, But my, my issue is that there, the, there's a reason for this underlying mistrust, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that perhaps we have to do one of two things. One, we we have to love the Holy Father. We have to pray for him. Yeah. We have to uh, hope for him, like yeah, he yeah, is yeah. our our <laughs> shepherd, right? Uh, two, it wouldn't hurt if all the people around the Holy Father would band together and sort of work towards a little more clarity of thought, Yeah, yeah. right? Because the biggest thing that I think Pope Francis has caused is confusion. Yes. And confusion in ways that have made people, number one, have this mistrust to begin with. Number two, you, you were, it's sort of receiving mixed messages. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the, the, the church is for everyone, 
And then it's like, well, uh, this person is penalized for that. That person is penalized for that. Uh, those who like the traditional Latin mass, you can't go there anymore. This, uh, you know, it's like, but but the so we're it's it's like getting this mixed messages, and so it creates this confusion. Then we have documents that come out, like you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about fiducia supplicants, and and you know, you kind of wonder like uh, where what was the purpose of, of a document like this. Uh, at this time, you know, aren't there aren't there other pressing issues that could, the church is facing yeah. that could be addressed? So there's all these questions that I think are legitimate, but I want to caution people that it's not good to continue to sort of aggravate the situation. Mm. We don't need to be people who like. There are some people who say like the, the Pope Francis is not the real Pope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pope Francis, uh, you know, uh, is uh, part of some other group that's trying to take down the, the church Catholic Church or, or something, yeah, or whatever it is. You know, these conversations aren't helpful. But I, I think what is helpful is something that we maybe used to do before social media <laughs> yeah. was to take these things to prayer mm. and to take these things maybe to a spiritual director as well. Yeah. You know, now we're just like. Reacting. Almost contributing to the confusion mm. by firing off a message on social media, yeah. uh, reposting things and saying, you know, like, what is this Pope thinking or, yeah. uh, or all these different things. I don't think that's helpful yeah. for our own spiritual life, like personally. And I don't think that's helpful for the people around us mm-hmm. either when, we, when we're just constantly... You know, I, I, I think it comes from where we where we came from too. Like we talked about already, but like we we came from a period where when you asked a, a question, you got a clarifying answer, yeah. and that's not the generation that we're in right now. Meaning that's not the era that we're in with this pope, and so understanding that when he speaks, like half the time questions would be asked. And I gotta be honest, when those questions are being asked, I understand that they're being asked of the pope to clarify this, that, or the other thing. But the people that are asking the questions sometimes, like when the when the when the bishops got together, the cardinals got together and wrote those five que- like here are the five questions we want you to answer. Um, those like the the cardinals that are writing don't have I don't think those specific cardinals have those questions at the heart. I think what they're trying to do is get the pope with his authority to speak to those questions so that they have something to fire back at somebody else. You know what yes. I mean? And that's kind of the idea. So, but but then the pope's not responding or not responding the same the way that they want. He's not playing the game of truth this that or the other thing. He's playing a game of love and and it's caused confusion. It has caused confusion. Sure. I give you that for sure. And half the time when I see something, I always I don't know like we talk about this um when we'll text each other, "Hey, do you see what the pope said?" and we always kind of like, "Okay, what did he really say?" You know what yeah, I mean? Cuz yeah. that comes out. And it depends on which website you're going to. It depends on what Catholic website you're even going to because each Catholic website has a a flair for that we hate Pope Francis or we love Pope <laughs> Francis, you know? And so um you have to go right back to the Vatican documents and see that. And so giving the guy, like like you said, like the benefit of the doubt from what he's done before to what he's done now, and re- realize that the church, if you believe that the Holy Spirit is in charge of this church, this is not one man that can bring this down. If you believe that one man can bring down the church, th- then, then you've got a problem, or like you got to really take that to your spiritual advisor. I think that's a good point. Like, you know? You know, remember... When every time there's a conclave, yeah, we we you know not we but the, the cardinals of the church go and it's people people kind of look at it like a political election, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's a prayerful process where we're calling on the Holy Spirit. Who has the Holy Spirit uh, chosen to yeah. be 
the Holy Father, right? And sort of the cardinals are praying about that and choosing the next pontiff. The Holy Spirit chose Pope Francis. Francis. Yep. For and a reason. For a reason, right? Um, and and I, I think maybe we're still <laughs> trying to understand what yeah. that reason is. But, but I think there's a lot of good things that Pope Francis has done. Yeah. And I, it's not perfect. You know, yeah. in, in some ways, looking back in retrospect to John Paul II, you know, we say, oh, I mean, I love John Paul II and Pope Benedict the same. But, you know, there were people upset with John Paul II. There were people upset with Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Yeah. Maybe we didn't see it as much. Maybe maybe social media. Even, what even social media has come to a point where we're seeing more um, criticism of, of Pope Francis. Maybe, you know, now there's all sorts of Catholic media reporting on all these stories and things. In like different that. flavors. Yeah. Yeah, and those things weren't around, and the ability to share with one another. I can send you a message about this, get you yeah, fired up, yeah. you send it to someone else. Like, you know, what, during the time of John Paul II, we would have had to write a letter, put a stamp on it. Yeah. <laughs> By the time it got to you, we were on to something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, right? I, I, would, I would say there's, a, you know, as, as the elder statesman of the, of the group, no, um, <laughs> that, you know, you're, you're really actually talking about a different time of, of communication. And like, even, even like we say that the internet has played, like yeah. this, uh, Pope Francis is the first Pope to actually have to contend with social media and you know that how quick the news cycle is and um, how easily things are, are manipulated and yeah. disseminated yeah. and um, that's you know uh, that everything seems to be kind of compressed through a a political lens that it seems yes. to be cast also the fact that you know we we spend more time on you know news social media um, uh, the, the internet and clickbait like, <laughs> the idea that like everyone is an expert you know, you know, yeah. I have the internet. You know, how could I not be qualified to arbitrate between whether or not you know Pope Francis is a good pope or a bad pope? Because you know, I I have access to all these news stories, but you know, I'm getting um, I'm getting this kind of politicized or kind of like ideologically driven, um, market driven kind of representation yeah. of you know this is what the pope is doing. This is what the pope is doing with you know certain appointments. Um, you have even kind of um, uh, in in many cases it's in response to other bishops utilizing social media to, um, you know, uh, either criticize the Pope or to um, kind of maybe move beyond their apostolic, their specific um, kind of mandate um, that, you know, that you you want to say that, um, you know, that they shouldn't be playing this game in the first place, um, that, you know, but we want to be realistic about the fact that there are political agents, even within the church. Um, That was like, but, you know, we also want to measure that against, you know, the church's true identity is not primarily political. Um, You know, you can see, um, uh, again, a a lot of the (laughs) the filtering um, of of kind of what what comes down to us through various news outlets or um, that it's it's highly politicized. You know, people are are up in arms uh, about all these things. But like, uh, again, you know, jump back to JP2's uh, era, you know, we probably received, you know, news from the Vatican with much more docility um, and yeah. kind of just, okay, this is what the magisterium is saying. Um, you know, my role as a lay person, I'm not, I'm not in this kind of arbitration. It's, it's not my role. It's not, you know, it's not, I'm not qualified to do so. But again, the internet has made instant experts of yeah. all of us. And, you know, again, kind of the, the echo chamber of social media, the, you know, the, the hyper polemical kind yeah. of approach to. The, the, the thing that came up, because this is something I teach about, but is AI and specifically social media. And that's just something to bring up now, that if you start going down a path, let's just say where you think Pope Francis is wrong for whatever reason, 
um, you start clicking on those types of videos, you start clicking on that type of uh, document, the internet starts to realize, oh, that's what you click on. And so to get your clicks, they start feeding you those types of documents. Algorithm. It's an algorithm. So eventually it becomes the point that your whole entire world revolves around this one specific politicized way of thinking. Uh, and if it, whether it be against a president or whether it be against a prime minister or whether it be against a leader of the church, it's the same type of thing. And then, and, and it's kind of, again, one of those things that you can agree with Pope Francis on certain things and disagree with him on others. The Pope Francis, do, Pope Francis doesn't speak with the papal authority, the, you know, the infallibility, except at certain times. Yeah. But I think that when we think of him as the Pope, we have to take what he's saying in the eyes of the church and see what he's specifically saying. When he's talking to one little girl, um, he's not speaking to the entire world at that time, necessarily. He's speaking to, uh, And if he is speaking to the entire world, it's under that microscope, because he has to realize he's the Pope, yeah. and that every word he says, yeah. you know, that it's still, it's still, it's still <clears throat> to give him that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and at the same time, like, you want to say, okay, he has a pastor's heart. Okay, it's not his yes. priority to, you know, deliver this crystal clear, theologically precise. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same time, he is the Pope. Exactly. At the same time, I agree. Like, yeah, yeah. he is the highest teaching authority in the exactly. Catholic Church. Yeah. So, you know, as as a pastor, as as a, you know, um, uh, if he were just a writer, you'd be like, okay, well, this is great. It's like, yeah. but there is, you know, an aspect of the, um, or at, at the very least, what we've come to expect from a Pope uh, that there's, you know, more more caution or more... Uh, but again, there's there's a difference between me saying, you know, I would like more theological precision from a pope. You yeah. know, I, I like, Benedict was my guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, like... Um, but there's a difference between me saying, you know, this is this is not... This is not my preference, or this is not you know what I would like like to see uh, in a pope, and you know the kind of extreme version of this that's out there on the internet that you know he's a heretic and he's you know revolutionizing the church in a negative yeah. way. I know, and and I think it's really important to to recognize that that yes, even though you know when he speaks to that one little girl, you know he's not changing, he's he's not making a um, a statement from his chair of yeah, Saint yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah. Uh, he's still but pastoral. you're right. He is. He is the Holy Father. He's he's the Pontiff, the Roman Pontiff, uh, and I think there should be a little more care uh, mm-hmm. with what he says, right? And I think another negative thing that um, uh, that's not helpful is that in the last ten years of the, of the pontificate of, of Pope Francis, you've seen an increase in uh, priests and bishops who like to push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. It's almost like some of the things that Pope Francis says, it's given them license Hmm. to push the envelope. You hear a lot of people, I know even myself, a lot of people say, uh, well, we're just following... You know the 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 path of Pope Francis, yeah. or we're just yeah, yeah. we're 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 doing what Pope Francis has asked us to do, or, or all these different things. And in the name of <laughs> the Holy Father, sometimes things are happening within the church or church communities or you know other Catholic in name yeah. communities in the spirit of Pope Francis. But you you had that you've had that throughout all of history. I'm going to point as Vatican II as being one of them. How many problems do we now are we now encountering and now facing because of priests and bishops and cardinals and 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 just individuals laity that came back from Vatican II and said, "Oh, this is in the spirit of Vatican II that yeah. we're doing this." And then, and then they did all sorts of stuff that you know what I mean. And but it I, doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's no, what I'm that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it's almost it's almost that it's given them license yeah. to believe it. 
right? Just oh. like, just like at Vatican II, yeah. same thing. Some bishops, some priests yeah. were giving pushing a specific things yeah. to go and uh, tear out the communion rails, or yeah. tear out yeah, yeah, yeah. the beautiful paintings, yeah. do, uh, do yeah. kumbaya mass, and, yeah, yeah, bring yeah. in the dancers, yeah. or all these different things, right? And, and Puppet can, masses and, and clown say masses. That, like decades later, we've realized that it doesn't work, but yeah. some damage has been done in the meantime. Like I, I think, and 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 this uh, in a lot of ways is kind of the history of the church. Like the church is playing the long game. <laughs> yeah. That you know, um, yes. that you know, in, in like you know, you you you, uh, it's hard to see. yeah. The, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, but that doesn't mean that you are growing will, pains along you, the way. Yes, and and uh, yeah, that doesn't mean you will have perfect leadership and perfect yeah. um, institutions. And you know, in in a lot of cases, you have you know, kind of kind of the opposite. Um, but you know, the church, <laughs> the church abides. Yeah. And I, I think we have to remember that when we contribute to division in the church, division is not from God, mm-hmm. right? And I think the spiritual side of that, whether, <laughs> whether Pope Francis is creating confusion mm. and division or people feel like he is, whatever yeah. the two, yeah. division is not from God, Right. And even though the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, that doesn't mean the devil's not trying, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to not only recognize where that confusion or division is present, mm-hmm. but also not to be players in it. Yeah. I still think we can have healthy conversation yeah. uh, about some of the things that the Pope says. To bring around the understanding. Exactly. Uh, the, the way that the church, one of the things that uh, every time that we end up, you know, texting something to, oh, this is what Pope Francis said, and I, and I read it and I go like, what the heck is going on here? No, he, there's, you know, I remember when I get angry about something or I think I understand what it is and that bringing it to prayer is a real bit, you mentioned this before, but it is a really important thing, especially to those leaders that are going to say that are out there, whether it be priests or, or people that, that, that are leaning, leading in ministry that people come to for answers. Go to prayer with those things that are troubling on your heart, and 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 ask the Holy Spirit to show you maybe the thinking. What is why was this done? What is it said here? How how is this supposed to be interpreted so that you can fully understand? Like, yeah, yeah every time I've done that, it's helped change not change my thinking, uh, but given given me a different perspective on how this is supposed to be interpreted or handled. And that's a, that's a, uh, like, I think that's my advice to anybody. Like, what, take a breath, because I, I know that sometimes I've read some things and my head, my face goes red, because I'm like, okay, what is going on here? No, he needs to clarify this. And then, what, take it to prayer and take it to, and then realizing that some of the things that are happening or why they're happening or, and, and certain things, aspects come up and I'm listening to other people talk about it and, and, and God kind of presents an answer there. It's not the best answer. It's not like sometimes it's, it's sometimes I'm looking for that yes or no black and white answer, and that's not what it is. But I, when I take it to prayer, I feel like a lot of times God, the Holy Spirit specifically, helps me um, understand the light that is supposed to be seen through. Yeah. And I, th- I think we said it is exactly right that um, you know if if our priority is you know this clarity, this precision that we want to you know we want to actually understand. Um, you know the the church's uh, uh, role in the world now, and like what yeah. what that means for us. Like we shouldn't be kept from having these discussions and be like, okay, no, yeah. is this the best way of putting this? Is this the best wording in this document or decla- declaration? Like we we can actually have these discussions in a constructive and productive and faithful way. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, you know. Um, um, it can have a similar appearance to a lot of this other commentary that is, you know, looking to be kind of scandalized. You're looking because, you know, you're 
your for your YouTube channel. You know, scandal is good for business. Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, those types of. But like calumny is a sin. You know. Uh, perpetuating scandal sure. is a sin. So uh, again, I think we need to, like what, what you're saying is like, we need to be able to, um, and we shouldn't be kept from having these serious discussions or even even kind of questioning um, uh, what, what kind of what's being said. Um, but yeah, we need to guard ourselves against, you know, um, yes. jumping into the arena where, you know, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're culpable ourselves. And I think it's it's good, we'll just close with this, is uh, to to pray for the Holy Father, yes. right? I think we have to remember to pray for him and his intentions every day. I think we also have to pray for our bishops and our mm. priests because uh, while people may think that some of what Pope Francis says is confusing for them, <laughs> uh, you know, some bishops have to pick up the pieces, some... and. And more so, I think, priests have to pick up the yeah. pieces because they're on the ground floor uh, working with people day to day. They have to explain right? it. Yeah. So pray for uh, the Holy Father. Pray for your bishops. Pray for your priests. And, and uh, I think that uh, prayer does something beautiful to us. The, the more we keep a, an anger in our heart for the Holy Father, it just it, it ruins our spirituality. It ruins our spiritual life. So let's not keep an anger there. Uh, let's try and love the Pope. Let's try and pray for him. And uh, let's pray for everyone, our, our bishops and our priests, to serve uh, Mother Church as best as we can. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, if you have any comments or things to add, things to agree or disagree with us on this episode, you can send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com or drop a line in the comments. All right. Uh, so for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. Mm-hmm.